folks, this is Pastor Mike Hoggard coming to you from Watchman Studios with another Watchman video broadcast. This, I think, is going to be the last part of our Vatican Secrets series. Now, there's no way I covered every secret that the Vatican has, uh, but I tried to cover the, the biggest part of them. I think the, the ones that influence everybody the most. And starting uh, last week, um, we were talking about the appearances of a, what amounts to a spirit coming down, let's get our, let's get our spirit here, coming down from heaven and saying, hi, do you recognize me? Because I'm wearing blue and I have uh, thorns around my heart, that means I'm bearing thorns and briars and I'm rejected and nigh unto cursing, according to Hebrews 6. Uh, and if you look at me and you are part of the Western world, then you'll say, I am Mary. Well, she comes down and says, I'm the mother of God. I'm the mother of all graces. I am Mary, your savior, your co-redemptrix or whatever. But she identifies herself as Mary, but is it Mary? No. And we know that because once people die, uh, Paul said it like this, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. Now, we uh, believe of course, that Mary uh, was selected by God, but she referred to God as her Savior. So we believe that, yes, Mary, who was present with the disciples on the day of Pentecost, although they weren't all bowed down to her, you get what I'm saying? She was there at Pentecost, and uh, we believe that she received the Holy Ghost, and we believe that she is in heaven right now, and we believe that whatever crown she has, she has cast them at the feet of her Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible says nothing about her being the mother of God. Nothing about her being uh, able to hear our prayers and pray for us to God. I mean, think about it. You're, you're saying, Catholics are saying, that Mary has the same ability that God has to hear everybody's prayers who's, who is praying to her. They believe that she has that ability. And then simultaneously, while listening to prayers, she simultaneously is praying herself to Jesus so that Jesus could go directly to God. It's, it's sort of like a, uh, sort of like, I'll give you an illustration. It's sort of like a, a middleman who doesn't need to be there, okay? Uh, when we were in Kenya one year, we, we like to go to the uh, Maasai, the Maasai tribesmen. They have, uh, they always set up a marketplace for tourists and things like that. Uh, they're somewhere in Nairobi. And one year, um, they were set up in a, in an open parking lot in downtown Nairobi, and me and uh, a 
couple other preachers went there. My son-in-law was there uh, taking us there. And, and we were going to get out, and we didn't have our wives with us, so we were going to buy some things for our wives, bring them home. And so we get out, and we start walking through. And, you know, it's, a, it's an open market. They don't put price tags on anything. Uh, you got to negotiate the price, okay? And they're always saying, oh, we're poor. You know, we, we can't go any less than this. And we're going, yeah, you can, because whatever. There was a guy there who started getting right in our face. And he was like, come over here to this table over here. I'll get you a good deal over here. Come over here. Come over here. And he kept pulling on us. And at first we were polite. I said, sir, no, no, thank you. I'm just, and maybe one of us every now and then would go with him and look at, well, look at what he wanted us to look at. Well, that was nice. And yeah, but let me start over here and let me work my way this way. And he wouldn't have it. He kept pulling on us and pulling on us and getting in our face. And I'm getting mad. The other guys are getting mad. My son-in-law is getting mad. And he speaks Swahili. And he's telling this guy some things in Swahili. I don't know what he was saying, but I'm pretty glad I don't know what he was saying. But this guy made us so angry that we got in the car and left. And what he was trying to do was he didn't want us shopping at every vendor's place he was trying to act as a middleman to get us to shop at only places that allowed him to be their middleman and of course he would get probably a big cut of whatever sales they made and i didn't like that at all I wanted to be free to shop and buy what I wanted to buy, not what he wanted me to buy. And that's how I see this whole Mary thing, being a mediator to the mediator to God. You've got somebody that the Catholic Church has interposed between us and Christ so that if we want anything given to God... We have to give it to Mary first or the priest who then gives it to Mary. Now you got two middlemen. And by the way, that priest, he wants a cut. So you're saying it to the priest. The priest tells it to Mary. Mary tells it to Jesus. Jesus tells it to God. And I don't like that. And the Bible has a perfect setup. There's one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. That's the way I like it. So anyway, we were looking at uh, Mary and the fact that she represents uh, what Paul said in Galatians, though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And so Mary, as a spirit, I guarantee you there's a real spirit entity posing as the Virgin Mary. And in that sense, she then is a familiar spirit. So Leviticus 19, regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Leviticus 20, and the soul that turneth after such as have familiar spirits and after wizards to go a-whoring after them, I will even set my face against that soul and will cut him off from among his people. 
you, if you look at that verse, not only the religion that establishes Mary as a mediator and Mary with all of these apparitions or appearances on the earth that establishes those as being true and correct appearances from the mother of God to bring the light of God to this earth. Not only are they cursed, but according to this verse, the soul that turneth after such as have familiar spirits. The people who follow the Catholic Church and their teachings. The people who follow after the apparitions of Mary. The people that want to hear the story of what happened at Guadalupe. We talked about that last week. The Virgin of Guadalupe appearing and then all of a sudden now on this man's mantle or tunic, he's, he unrolls it and flowers fall out and all of a sudden there is this big graved image, engraved image or drawn image or whatever of the Virgin Mary on there. Nobody knows how it got there. But sure enough, they built this humongous temple in Guadalupe. And I would say probably the uh, number one industry in Guadalupe, Mexico is cult following of Mary. Because I imagine there's shops, stores, where you can buy blankets, carpets, coats, jackets, um, rosaries, idols, paintings. You, you can probably buy anything related to Catholicism, Mary, saints, whatever. I guarantee that whole town is all about the money related to Mary of Guadalupe. Okay? So she comes down, brings this other gospel, demands that a temple, demands that a temple be made in that place, in that exact place where we found out last week that prior to Mary landing at this site was another previous goddess who was known as the mother of the gods. Okay? So now we have a place where for thousands of years they were worshiping a familiar spirit, a devil, an evil angel, a god. They were worshiping this thing that pretended to be the mother of God. Now... In the, what was that, the 1500s? 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, 1900s, 20, 2000, for like five, 600 years, they've been worshiping her under a different name. Now she's Our Lady of Guadalupe, bringing down a false gospel. And Paul said, she's accursed. And Paul said, or no, excuse me, the law said, the soul that turneth after those that have familiar spirits and goes whoring after them. God said, I'll set my face against that soul and will cut him off from among my people. In other words, you're not going to heaven. You're not. And that's not me saying it. That's the Bible saying it. 
So we noted that there are, I don't know exactly how many places Mary supposedly um, has appeared. I know there's probably hundreds more than what the church um, officially says uh, that there is. There's an official list of Marian apparitions that the church approves of and gives it with some kind of canonical blessing or whatever and say this is the true place where Mary landed and so on. And I imagine there's other places too. People have seen Mary all over the world and it's caused them then to worship her simply because they saw something that was supernatural. Now, I, again, I've dealt with uh, familiar spirits in the past, ghosts, devils, poltergeists, things like that. Things that when people see it, they freak out. Because they are literally are supernatural. They're beyond what we would normally see. I mean, if you were going through this old abandoned building, let's say it used to be an old uh, psych ward from the early 1900s, okay? Those places were not known for being nice places. And you're walking through there and all of a sudden a, uh, a possum jumps out in front of you and you, ah, okay, you freak out. And then you realize it's a possum, it's no big deal. But then something more evil and sinister appears and it's there for a second. Chairs move, doors slams, you hear Footsteps running in your direction, but there's nobody there. You are scared to death. Okay? That's one way that familiar spirits work. But there's another way. Where they appear as beautiful, loving, kind, compassionate. Where when you see them, you might be Frightened, but not frightened to run away. You, you fall down and you worship. And you say you're not worthy. And then she sends you on some sort of mission, tells you what to do. What are you going to do? Most people will just go do it and say, I've seen Mary. I've, I'm telling you, I saw Mary. And then she gives you a sign or a wonder. And now everybody believes you saw Mary. That's exactly what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with familiar spirits that have appeared. And in the sense of what we're talking about, you know, in this series, Vatican Secrets, we've been limiting, limiting ourselves to when she appears, she will appear as the Virgin Mary. And then usually she will give uh, some sort of uh, condemnation like the, everybody is so full of sin and the priests and the bishops, they're all sinners. Well, that part she got right. And all my people are sinning and I want to stop sin. So I'm commanding everybody to stop sinning. Good luck with that one. And uh, I want them to start praying. And here's what she'll do. In almost every case, demanding people to uh, beef up the number of times that they pray the rosary. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Hail Mary, full of grace. Over and over and over and over and over again. Because after all, God won't help you if you don't say enough prayers. Is that true? No. The Bible says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. One prayer. Elijah prayed one time. It didn't rain for three and a half years. He prayed again. Boom. It rained. Elijah asked God one time to send fire down from heaven to consume the sacrifice, the altar, and all the water that he poured on it. And boom, it happened just like that. Jesus prayed one prayer to God at the tomb of Lazarus, said, Lazarus, come forth. And here comes Lazarus, who had been dead four days. Here he comes forth. So it's not the repetition of prayers. It's the condition of the heart. That's what gets God's attention. Okay? Now, so in, in the sense of we've been following after uh, what the Vatican, who is led by the spirit of Mystery Babylon, in the sense of, of what they believe and, and what they are telling the world, the familiar spirits that we've been talking about have all been in the form of Mary. We're going to look at uh, one last one, and that is uh, the apparition of Mary in, I think it's Fatima, Portugal. Some people say it's in Spain. It's close to Spain, but it's not in Spain. It's in Portugal. And uh, what was it? Three children, three or four, um, who saw her on numerous occasions, heard her voice, and then were told, tell everybody that on such and such a date, I will show many miracles. And sure enough, 70,000 people come out in the rain and they see stuff that I'll explain it as we get there, okay? But there have been appearances of familiar spirits in different ways at different times in history. One of the first that we can see in the Bible is from the book of Job, where Job's uh, friend, who's counseling him, tells Job of an instance where a familiar spirit or a spirit appeared to him. Job chapter 4, verse 12. This is Eliphaz the Temanite, Job's friend, and he's trying to give him some some advice. And he says in verse 12, Now a thing was secretly brought to me, and mine ear received a little thereof, in thoughts from the visions of the night, when deep sleep falleth on men. Fear came upon me, and trembling, which made all my bones to shake. Then a spirit passed before my face. The hair of my flesh stood up. Woof. Now, this, uh, this spirit goes on to give, uh, you know, some advice. Shall mortal man be more just than God? Shall a man be more pure than his maker? And remember, all of Job's friends 
were trying to convince Job that he'd actually done something wrong to sin against God. That's why God had afflicted him uh, or allowed him to be afflicted with all these things. And Job is maintaining his innocence. I, I'm telling you, I didn't do anything. Job was found out to be right in the end. And God uh, you know, was pretty upset with Eliphaz, the Temanite, and all the other guys that were counseling Job. Okay, But he blessed Job double. We know how that story turns out. Okay, but he has this encounter with a spirit and just being in the presence of him uh, or whatever this spirit was, fear came upon him, his heart's racing. And that causes what's called the fight or flight syndrome. Um, People are either going to run or they're going to strike out. Okay, there are funny videos on YouTube there's a guy that dresses up like a bush. They call him Bushman. And um, he stands out on streets, and as people come by, he reaches out for them. Some people run. Some people hit the guy, deck him right across the head, okay? But anyway, fear came upon him, and trembling, all of his bones are shaking. And the spirit passed before his face, and he's like he could feel this spirit. And the hair of my flesh stood up. Just the presence of something that appears to mankind that is above who we are. The Bible says in the Psalms that God has made us lower than the angels. We exist in a three-dimensional space. They don't. They exist in a higher realm, fourth dimensional realm, I believe, where they have abilities that we don't. They can appear and disappear at will, be seen or not be seen, because they're of a higher realm than we are. And just because of that, people are like, oh, I better, that's, I better do what that says, or I better obey that or whatever, okay? So just the presence of a familiar spirit is enough to get people's attention, in other words. Then we have the story, the infamous story of Saul. And remember, and, and people, there are some people, and I, you know, I love you, I, I don't want to be... Uh, really argumentative about this. People have beliefs that aren't necessarily mine, and and I have reasons why I believe what I believe. Some people still, they believe that, that Saul actually appeared, the real Saul actually appeared, or excuse me, Samuel actually appeared before King Saul and, and told him what was going to happen the next day. Now, there's a little... One thing that I know about what this alleged Samuel said that I believe was wrong. This this Samuel, uh, let's see here, 1 Samuel 28, yeah. Um, this Samuel said to Saul, um, he wanted, Saul's wanting to know about what's going to happen the next day. Um, and... This Samuel says in verse 18, Because thou obeyest not the voice of the Lord, nor executest his fierce wrath upon Amalek, 
Therefore hath the Lord done this thing unto thee to this day. Uh, moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines. That happened. And tomorrow shalt thou and thy sons be with me. In other words, dead. The Lord also shall deliver the host of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. Now, it looks like everything that this Samuel said happened, right? And remember the rule. If everything it says comes to pass, then it's from God. But if it's wrong one time, it's not God. That's how we know if it's the right spirit or not. When it said, thou and thy sons, tomorrow shalt thou and thy sons be with me. Well, yeah. Saul's sons were killed. All of them? Mephibosheth. He lived. This Samuel got it wrong. Okay? Anyway, the Bible gives us other evidence that this Samuel was not Samuel. Because later on, the scripture specifically declares uh, that the Lord, his anger was kindled against Saul, and uh, Saul died. Uh, number one, for not obeying God in the sin with Amalek. And number two, for inquiring of a familiar spirit. And um, I can't remember the exact words, but, but uh, listening to it, in other words. So the Bible declares that this was a familiar spirit and not actually Samuel. But let's read the story. 1 Samuel 28, 11. Then said the woman, whom shall I bring up unto thee? And said, bring me up Samuel. And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice, and the woman spake to Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. And the king said unto her, Be not afraid, for what sawest thou? Now, pay attention to this. This is where it gets interesting. The woman said unto Saul, I saw gods ascending out of the earth. And he said unto her, What form is he of? And she said, An old man cometh up. He's covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. And he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed himself. Now I want you to, number one, that right there connects us to what's the prophecy that's in Revelation 13 concerning the false prophet. Samuel the real Samuel was a true prophet of God. He was never wrong. He said exactly what God told him to say. He did it faithfully. His sons, however, they were jerks. But Samuel was spot on every time. So when Saul asked Endora to bring up a familiar spirit by the familiar spirit, and all of a sudden, she's like, ah! And Saul said, what do you see? And she says, I see gods ascending up out of the earth. In Revelation 13, we have the false prophet. The opposite of the true prophet. Who would the true prophet be? Who is Samuel portraying in the Bible? Jesus. 
Jesus was that prophet, the woman at the well said. Thou art that prophet. Okay? Here, we have the false Jesus. Because in Revelation 13, 11, and I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. Where did the gods that she saw come from? They were ascending up out of the earth. Same place that the false prophet comes from. Whoa. So think about it. We have the real Samuel. We have the false Samuel. But the false Samuel is supposed to appear like the real Samuel. Cause people to believe he's the real Samuel. And to this day, some people believe that's the real Samuel. We have Jesus, the real Jesus, the true Son of God. We have Antichrist, another Jesus. We also have the real Spirit of God, which causes us to be sober. Mystery Babylon, her spirit causes everybody to be drunk. See these opposites now in the Bible? So, we're getting to a place now. We're going to jump forward to the 21st century. Maybe the 20th century. 20th and 21st. Modern times, we'll say. There is still a spirit. A female spirit. That appears in one place to Catholics, let's say, as Mary. Maybe uh, to those who practice Hindu in India, the Hindu religion. Um, the, the female spirit in the Hindu religion is Shakti. Do you know what happens when a person receives this female goddess Shakti into their body and, and they get this enlightenment? Do you know how that happens? It happens one of two ways. Either the person can work and practice meditation until they receive it naturally or the hands of a guru can pass it on. And so the guru then, while somebody is in meditation, the guru then will then just simply touch them on the forehead and they will literally fall backward. Oh, I'm not making this up. And they now have received the spirit. But the spirit is a female spirit that they call Shakti. What the, what the guru did was called Shakti Pat. P-A-T, pat, shakti pat. He touches her on the, or touches whoever on the third eye. They receive this female spirit that causes them to pass out like they were drunk. Let me ask you a question. On the day of Pentecost, when all of those men began to speak with other tongues, did any of them fall backward and pass out? No. Did any of them even act like drunk. I know that some people accuse them of being drunk, but did any of them act like drunks? No. 
The Bible tells us to be sober, not drunk. So you see, there's two different spirits. The Holy Spirit of God, which always directs us to the Word of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration. Spira, spirit. Inspiration of God. It is breathed by God's Spirit. When we read the Bible, the Spirit is there giving us understanding. But you see, the other spirit, her, uh, Shiva, Shakti, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, abominations of the earth. She doesn't want you reading the Bible. Because now that you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, you don't need it. You can do miracles. You can speak in tongues. You can, you can raise people from the dead. You can bring fire down from God. You can do all of those things now and never have to read a Bible anymore. So there's a difference in the spirits, isn't there? And there has been a female spirit that has appeared in various places. I mentioned last week that we're going to find out that she's even leading the whole UFO movement. Okay? And I'll show you how she's been appearing. Now, take a look at this. When Whitley Strieber um, wrote this book, Communion, and I want you to think about that, that word. Number one, it, it references like what people do in a church. They eat the bread, they drink the wine, and they have communion. And they, what they have done is they have united themselves with Christ. In the Catholic Church and Lutheran Church and others that believe in transubstantiation or consubstantiation, is that they literally believe that they are eating the actual body and drinking the actual blood of Jesus. So that now, um, if you ask a, a Catholic when they come out of Mass, do you have Jesus in, living inside of you? Yes. They'll say yes. Why? Because they just ate him. That's what they believe. But it's the idea that now that they've taken the Eucharist, they have been united and unionized with Christ. They and Christ are at one. Com means with. Union means united together with unity. So it has that idea. And Strieber knew it. But it also has the idea. As Whitley Strieber has proclaimed many times that he literally, physically joined with this particular alien that you see pictured here. That was the face of the, if you don't like the word alien, I'll say devil. 
I'll say God, I'll say evil angel, I'll say familiar spirit, I'll say whatever you want me to say, but that's what they are. And the word alien does apply because they're not from here. But literally, Whitley Strieber has spoken many times about the fact that he had sexual union with this female alien, female. He described it as, and I'm like, he's got a wife, and apparently they have they've had a great relationship. She died a few years ago. But he's written and talked openly about him having union with this alien woman, describing it as the most intense experience that he has ever encountered in his life. And I'm like, if I'm his wife, I'm like, where does that leave me? But that's what he said. Now, I understand something that these aliens or these devils or these familiar spirits, they didn't just pick Whitley Strieber, you know, out of a lottery bowl where they spun it around and they reached in and they pulled out a name. Oh, Whitley Strieber, let's go after him. No, 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 no. Both Whitley and his wife were practitioners of transcendental meditation. They meditated daily. Basically, you know what they were doing? Making phone calls to devils. And so, made enough phone calls, reached out enough times, and sure enough, here come the gods, the familiar spirits, the devils, the angels, the fallen ones, the evil ones, demons, coming in this form taking Whitley from his house, doing all kinds of weird things to him. He sees himself being in a ship. He's talking with these people. But he writes the story and he calls it communion because he knows that he and they now are forever connected together. Sounds a lot like the opposite of salvation, doesn't it? Whitley actually described being with his wife when she died. That they were, he was in meditation and the aliens, I think, were helping him. And as she closed her eyes, he traveled out of his body with her. And they're going through space. And traveling through space, holding hands. And they get to a certain point and Strieber's wife looks at him and says, you can go no further. So Whitley finally lets her hand go and now he's back in the room next to his wife's body. And now he believes that she has ascended to a place in the heavens. Are are you catching this? You see, this gospel, that this whole alien thing has brought to people is the idea 
that we're going to get to go up there and live somewhere. And that is basically, it's close to what the gospel of Jesus says, only it's very, very short-sighted. Because those of us who follow Christ are going to go way past wherever these people might end up going or pretend to go. We're going to go live with the most high God. Amen. But here we have, here we have just like a Marian apparition, we, apparition, we have a female God, goddess, with a fierce countenance, just like in Deuteronomy 28 who has the body of a human female and he mates with her. Okay? Is that, is that so far out of the question that you say, there's no way I can believe that? Well, read Genesis 6. Read Genesis 6, I say. Uh, here's another guy. David Huggins. They made a documentary about him. And um, he claim, he's an artist, and he claims that on multiple occasions, this group of pale-skinned, big, black-eyed devils, I call them devils, he'll call them aliens, would just appear... And I would, I'm just, by, by me saying don't go watch this, some of you are going to go watch it. But the documentary showed that he painted the female goddess who had the face and the skin of one of these pale grays, they call them, but the voluptuous body of a woman. And they mated several, several times. Uh, David uh, was married at one time, and finally when he revealed to his wife what had been going on, of course, naturally, she left. Imagine that. But... Um, he was told, if I remember right, he was told that they were trying to make a baby. And again, you can, I don't believe that stuff. That ain't in the Bible nowhere. I don't read that in the Bible anywhere. Read Genesis 6. Read Daniel 2. They shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. Read those places in the Bible. Because that's the agenda. That's exactly what's going on. Then, and see, these are, these are basically Marian apparitions of a different kind, of a third kind, fourth kind, fifth kind, whatever. Marian apparitions of the fourth kind. Because while the entity doesn't come out saying, I am Mary, it's a female goddess, and in the case of, of David Huggins, this female was always in charge. 
And if I remember right, same thing with Whitley Strieber's account and the aliens that he saw. The female was the boss always. Then God allowed me to meet a man who I have nicknamed Jack Webb because he's asked me not to reveal his name. And just the, the way that God set this up for us to get together was, I, I know it was God. But he let me interview him. He's, he has reported this story to MUFON, Mutual UFO Network. Remember, I've talked about this, and if you want to uh, hear the full account, uh, go to my YouTube channel. Um, I can't remember the name of the video, but you'll find it. And, um, but I interviewed him and he said when he was five years old, he had an apparition. Remember, if you, those of you have heard this, he went, was um, earlier that day, he was playing uh, in the living room and they were all standing near the, 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 the potbelly wood stove that they had in their home. His father was a gospel-preaching minister, uh, a black preacher in, in, uh, in the South, and a godly man. So Jack was raised in a good Christian, Bible-believing home. And uh, I have had several communications with Jack since we first met. And this man loves the Lord. But he's about five years old, and while they're getting warmed up around the, the little wood stove there, his brother kind of made a little joke and pushed him. Well, he went arm first into that stove, and it burned his arm. And he had, his mom had wound it up with gauze and probably rubbed something on it that day. So later that evening... They're watching television. This is back in the, I'm going to say, late 50s. And um, Jack doesn't want to sit close to the wood stove anymore. He's sitting way on the other side of the room. And he hears a voice saying, come outside to the back porch. Well, he thinks maybe one of his siblings is playing a joke on him. But then he hears it again, and it's like a stern voice. He walks through the house, out the back door to the back porch. The back porch uh, was over um, the, the, the backyard of the, you know, behind the house, went downhill like this. And so the back porch was about 8, 10 feet up off the ground. And then you had the roof. And so you had, he said he saw this saucer just about at roof level, so that would have made it about 20, 25 feet up off the ground itself. And this door opened up, kind of like in um, the day the earth stood still. This door opens up, and this beautiful, beautiful woman Something like this, but she had 
blonde flowing hair, beautiful, beautiful white robes, standing there, beckoning young Jack Webb, come up to me and come up to our ship. And he notices that there are children standing around her. His age, above his age. But he said they're not normal. Because if you've got, you know, if you've got like 15, 20 children standing together in a room, they're not all going to be standing still. They're going to be pushing one another, talking to one another, poking one another or whatever. But he said these children just had a blank stare. And this woman pretty much stopped beckoning him and ordered him to come up on that ship. And Jack didn't want to go. And I believe, I absolutely believe that God was protecting him at that young age. See, Psalm 91, God had him sheltered under his wings. Well, because Jack wouldn't go voluntarily, he said he started to feel himself pass out and he could feel like a beam pulling him up onto that ship. But he was so scared. And I absolutely believe angels of God were watching over him just like in Psalm 91. Or just like Jesus said, their angel doth behold their face. And his guardian angels grabbed a hold of him and he fell down. And when he came to, he got up and ran. He went to get his sister. He comes back out and his sister and they look and the ship is gone. He's held that story all his life. But you see, the idea was the lady was in charge. This year at MUFON, there's going to be a speaker by the name of uh, David Politis, P-A-U-L-I-D-E-S. Uh, his videos are usually called Missing 411. And um, he has told some very, very interesting stories of children who just simply disappear. And I mean Disappear right between one little boy, between basically two parents just disappeared. The tracks, his footprints, tracks stop. There's no sign of him going anywhere. just disappeared. And I have it in my mind that she's the one that's doing this. You see... Mystery Babylon, as we said, in the Old Testament, she looks like she's Ashtaroth. In the New Testament, she's Diana. In typology, she's Jezebel. She's Herodias. She is other evil women uh, in the Bible who do um, various evil things against the people of God or against God himself. That's her and that's her spirit. So it's not just the Marian apparitions. She's appearing as 
the lady in a lot of places. I, I, as I, when I first caught wind of this, I, I, I could, literally couldn't believe it. I had just been told this story by Jack Webb, and a book came out, and I'll show you the book in a little bit. But I was stunned by the contents of this book, and it was about a man who had UFO encounters because the one entity that was in charge of all of the encounters, the things that he had seen, was an entity referred to as the lady. Now, this book just came out last year. Okay? Here is a UFO, and he's now dead. His name is Robert Dean. He's former military. Uh, he did had something to do with NATO, so he, he was, you know, sort of high up in the top brass. But his knowledge and, and experience in the field of UFOs uh, is, he's, he knows a lot. He's seen a lot. He has a lot of things that he knows that he can't say because they're classified and they would get him in a lot of trouble. Of course, now he's dead. He could probably say whatever he wanted to now, but he's dead. But here's a, a video I had of him. I had it in my saved you know, thing on YouTube. I went back and watched it one time just to, you know, see if I could refresh my memory on something. And I, I went at something that he said. And this video, I think, was taken back in the 90s. Here's what Robert Dean said. We've to grasp that we are one species, one race, from one tiny little planet with one future. And we have to go out there together or we may not go out there at all. Now, this is what I have concluded. These are some of the things I have reached after 30 years of research. I perceive there is a door being opened for us. Stop right here. Revelation 9. The door and the key to the bottomless pit. A door. Uh, who was it? Jim Morrison. They called themselves the doors. Why? Because Aldous Huxley experimented with, um, oh, what was it? LSD. And believed that there was a door that was closed to our minds. That if we could open that door, it would open us up to knowledge that we need to have in order to advance and evolve as a species. See, all of this, everything that I've been telling you over the last, what has it been, 12, 13 years now, all of the things that I've been telling you has to do with one thing, and that is the transformation of mankind. The next step in his evolution his change, his being born again, but not of incorruptible seed, of corruptible seed. Of the wheat and the tares being changed and transformed at harvest so that we now know the difference between 
who is on whose side because a transformation has taken place at harvest. This is what he's saying. And this, this lady, the lady of Guadalupe, the lady of Fatima, this lady is always there leading the charge. Um, he says, again, now this is what I've concluded. These are some of the things that I've reached after 30 years of research. I perceive that there is a door being opened for us. The UFO is part of it. The crop circles are a part of it. The appearance of this beautiful lady who keeps showing up from time to time. I couldn't believe I heard what I just heard. He knew of the lady. And I would love to find out whatever Bob Dean wrote or said. I'd like to find another video of his or maybe a book where he wrote about the lady. Because I know who that lady is. If you haven't figured it out yet, I've told you a hundred times. Here, there, and everywhere. The Christians call her Mary. Oh my goodness. The mother of God. Mother of Christ. This beautiful lady has been in our midst and been involved with us since the beginning of our history. That is the same part of the same overall event. The crop circles, the UFOs, the appearance of the beautiful lady, the abductions. The fact that we are growing spiritually, we're beginning to pay more attention. It's all part of this much larger whole. Tells me that a door is being opened for us out there to come out and take our place and see our destiny out there with the rest of them into this infinite universe filled with intelligent life. And we're going to have to do it as one people at one time together or we are not going to make it. There is so much from Scripture that is packed into what Bob Dean said here. The idea that this beautiful lady appearing over here as Mary, appearing over here as this beautiful lady in a UFO incident. She's the one leading this. She's the one that's been part of this. She's the one that's been orchestrating all of this. Don't you see that? Can you see that from the scriptures? Can you see who it was? that ended up getting Naboth's vineyard for Ahab? It wasn't Ahab. It wasn't Ahab's servants. It was the lady that got it. And that's how it's been. Who ended up getting John the Baptist's head cut off and put on a charger? The lady. It was the lady. See what I'm saying? Um, we're growing spiritually. Um, the door is being opened. We're going to take our destiny out there. That's, people, that was Genesis 11. The whole world was of, I mean, look at what Bob Dean said. We're going to have to do it as one people at one time together. Genesis 11. What does it say? The whole world was of one language and one speech. They were one together. Everybody the same. Everybody in one little place. All speaking the same language. They were one people. 
And I believe at that time there was one landmass on the earth. And what did they want to do? Go to the heavens. What are we doing now? What are we spending our... Re what, are, what are the richest men in the world? Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. What are they spending their, their spare money on? Well, we used to look up in the sky and wonder at our place in the stars. Now we have stories coming out uh, every week of some new way that our government is revealing that we have had contact with the aliens, their ships. We have crashed. We've retrieved crashes. We have had, we have whole ships. All this stuff's coming out now, and it's being taken serious by Congress. This is no longer the, the, the story that people make up. Oh, I saw me a UFO one time. It's up way up in the sky. It looked bright as Venus. Well, it was Venus probably, but now it's being taken serious, and that stuff is being directed to bring people to a higher awareness because one of these days, I don't know when, it could be soon, one of these days, it's going to be found out or discovered somehow, some way that we do have the ability to bend space, warp space, so that instead of taking a hundred million years at the speed of light, which is impossible, to travel from our Earth to a star that we know has a habitable planet on it. Bend space so that we can be there in a matter of hours or days instead of a matter of a hundred million years. That's coming. And it's all going to be about, I mean, just think about it for a minute, okay? What's the goal of Christianity? What's, what, is the, what is the ultimate goal? Aside from this life that God has given us to live, what, what is it that we want when we die? To go to heaven, right? Okay? Well, a lesser gospel puts people in a lesser heaven. I mean, they still go up. And if you think about it, man's been trying to go up and up and up, higher and higher. I mean, we built buildings, tall buildings. Then when we figured out bricks can only handle so much weight, we stopped building them out of bricks, started building them out of steel. Now we can build them 120, 130 stories up. But then we can fly. And then we can orbit the earth. Then we can go to the moon. Now they're looking at Mars and not being able to take 10 months to get there, maybe, maybe two months tops. Or when the technology is revealed, we can be there in a matter of minutes. And we're going higher and higher and higher and higher. And all of this is being directed by the spirit that is Mystery Babylon the Great. But she's appearing as the Lady. Then, uh, there's a guy named Billy Meyer. Now, I don't, I haven't talked much about Billy Meyer. 
And I'm only going to throw this in because his story is similar to what I've been telling you. Billy Meyer has what, if they're true, what amounts to be some of the best photographs of UFOs that has ever been taken. Um, and film, I'll say. But I have just reasons to believe that I, I think I think some of those were hoaxes, okay? However, Billy Meyer, who spent time in an ashram in India, which is where you go to be taught by a guru and learn how to meditate and get in touch with gods and all this stuff, who uh, now is being taught, well, I think he's dead now, but he was, during his life, taught and led by this beautiful, blonde-haired, blue-eyed lady. She was his teacher. Her name was Simjaza. She was the alleged alien goddess from the Pleiades, which is one of the things mentioned in the Bible. Uh, over 130 times to impart wisdom and direction for him and mankind. In other words, another Marian apparition, only in this case, she's a blonde-haired, beautiful, blue-eyed woman with long, flowing hair and long, flowing white gowns and, you know, goddess-type stuff, all right? Then, I was going through Instagram, and I saw an advertisement for this book, UFO of God. And when I saw it, I immediately understood the meaning of it. Instead of son of God, UFO of God. Get it? This man, Chris Bledsoe, grew up as a Southern Baptist because of a marriage to his wife, ended up going to a Wesleyan Holiness Pentecostal church, was actually a deacon in that church. He started having encounters, missing time, memories from being on uh, in a lab somewhere with these little gray beings all over him, doing all kinds of tests and things like that. And over when he tells the people in his church, they shun him. He, I mean, they let him still be a member, but they shun him. They're going, You're, these are devils. He should have listened to them. But he goes along with it because they're supposedly giving him knowledge and advanced teachings, and they healed him and gave him the power to heal and so on and so on. So he thinks now that all these aliens and all this stuff is from God. And I mean, he has encounters, you, you name the gamut of the paranormal or the supernatural, poltergeists, shadow beings that I've talked about before that are like familiar spirits that look like shadows walking around in the house, okay? They're like two-dimensional. Um, poltergeist activity, um, shadow creatures, um, all kinds of weird, tall 
looking like what it was in Las Vegas here a couple weeks ago where the kid reported these things were like nine, ten feet tall and they had big eyes. They were staring at him. He was seeing those outside of his house. Orbs all over the place. Orbs everywhere. Uh, UFO ships. And then... All of a sudden, when he, he's, he's had so much, he can't take it anymore. Then there appears to him, look at this, this woman, that he calls the lady. And I just about fell out of my chair. Long, flowing, white robe. Long, flowing, blonde hair. You know, remember Travis Walton, um, who was uh, zapped by a UFO and taken aboard. His brothers, they were out cutting wood in a forest and clearing brush. And he went missing for five days. And five days later, he gets dumped on a highway and makes a phone call and says, I need help. Doesn't know he's been gone for five days. But the story he tells was being on a table surrounded by these gray aliens. And then all of a sudden now... He's walking through the corridor of this ship and he looks behind him and he sees this man standing there. looks like a human, blonde hair, blue eyes with a tight-fitting uniform on. And then, of course, a lady. Blonde-haired, blue-eyed, beautiful woman, shapely figure. Okay? So here's this lady appearing to Chris Bledsoe, telling him that the UFO encounters, the orbs, the shadow beings, the grays, the tall things, the owls. I didn't even tell you about the owls. He had owls everywhere all the time. His ability to heal, all of that was done by her. It was her gift to him. She had selected him to be her sort of ambassador to the world. And here's what here's how Chris Bledsoe described this lady in his book, UFO of God. I was in total awe of her. It was clear she was director of all that had happened. In a trance-like state, I could not move and didn't want to. She communicated to me that the orbs, the beings, the missing time were all tools she had been using. She talked of the beings as guardians. She sent to do her bidding of my apocalyptic visions as a possible future for earth, of our agreement requiring absolute trust in her. She vowed that if I continued in this mission, she would protect my family and me. She would allow the orbs to be photographed and she would allow me to show these phenomena. Does that sound familiar? Remember what the lady Mary said to, I can't remember the guy's name, there in Guadalupe. Oh, I've got to protect my people. Oh, I'm going to be their protector. I'm going to be their helper. I'm going to lead them. Same thing. 
So whether it's the Lady of Guadalupe, the Lady of Fatima, whether it's the, the, the Lady of, um, of um, the UFOs here, the Lady Alien that's having sex with all these guys or whatever, it's the same spirit. Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And by the way, let me go back to this. I couldn't, as I'm reading this, I'm just like, because I can't believe that I'm reading something that is so familiar to me from all the research I've done. He said that before her appearance, he saw this huge bull running at him full steam. And then she appeared. And the bull just barely missed him. So here she comes. I want you to get this now. In fact, look at that picture. Here's the woman there on the right and the bull. And now take a look at this. You know what you're looking at? Oh boy, oh boy. I love this Bible. If it wasn't for this Bible, we would be in such ignorance. Verse in, in Revelation chapter 17, verse 3. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman rides the beast. And that's basically the symbol for the goddess Europa, whom Europe is named after. You know what's interesting? that the European Union flag has 12 stars in a circle, like a crown in it, like from Revelation 12. Now, let's finish this. So you, you understand what I've, what I've tried to point out to you so far, is that all of these Marian apparitions, they're not just... They don't just stand alone as being part of the deception. It's not, as some people believe, and I, and I just respectfully disagree, some people put it all on the Catholic Church. But it's not all them. This lady appears however she needs to appear in order to get done what she needs to get done. So that's my point here. She appears as the one leading all the UFOs. She appears as the mother of all the gods. She appears as Europa, the spirit of Europe. She appears as the Virgin Mary. Okay? Remember um, what the lady said. Let me go back to this. She mentioned that everything that Chris Bledsoe had seen in his life was all her. And she specifically mentioned 
Um, she communicated to me that the orbs, the beings, the missing time were all tools she had been using. I want you to remember that. Our Lady of Fatima, Portugal, 1917. Three shepherd children. I mean, this is what they did. They didn't have schools for these kids in Portugal back then. They tended sheep because they were poor. They worked. And during several occasions, they had what was known then as the Virgin Mary appearing to them, March 13th. And what I've done is I've just listed for you the things that Mary said during several of these apparitions. On March 13th, 1917, the familiar spirit known as Mary said, do not be afraid. I will do you no harm. I am from heaven. Think about it. Though we are an angel from heaven. I came to ask you to come here on the 13th day for six months at the same time. And then I will tell you who I am and what I want. And afterwards, I will return here a seventh time. Yes, you, Lucia, will go to heaven. She, Jacinta, will also go to heaven. Because the kids asked them, are we going to heaven? Yes, Francisco will go to heaven. But first, he must say many rosaries. Would you like to offer yourselves to God to accept all the sufferings which he may send to you in reparation for the countless sins by which he is offended and in supplication for the conversion of sinners? then you will have much to suffer, but the grace of God will be your comfort. Now, I got to stop here and just say, that is blasphemy right out of hell. She told this poor boy that you will go to heaven only if you do what I tell you to do. You must pray many rosaries and... You, you must suffer for all of your sins that you committed so they can be paid for and for other people's sins. Christ suffered once and for all, the Bible says. You see how Paul was right, though we or an angel from heaven bring you any other gospel? You know what I believe is going to happen? I believe there's going to I believe an appearance is going to take place. Something modeled after an angel of heaven, I don't know what it's going to look like, how it's going to appear, what name it's going to be under or what, but it's going to appear to mankind and everybody will see it and will bring a new gospel to this world. That's why I think Paul said it that way, and that's why it always ends up happening that way. I mean, Joseph Smith, where did he get his gospel? An angel. Okay? I mean, this is how it happens. Uh, Ellen White, where did she get her false gospel that you have to go to church on the Sabbath on Saturday? An angel told her that. Lion bunch. And then August 19th, she said, pray, pray a great deal and make many sacrifices. See, I'm just, 
it angers me. For many souls go to hell because they have no one to make sacrifices and to pray for them. St. Joseph too will come with the Holy Child to bring peace to the world. Our Lord will also come to bless the people. Our Lady of the Rosary and Our Lady of Sorrows will come too. Now, do you see something wrong here? I mean, she's, number one, she's saying, and, and by the way, the, the world, Portugal, Spain, the, they're in the midst of World War I. So she's promising an end to World War I if many rosaries are prayed. And I'm going to show up next time. You're going to see St. Joseph with the Holy Child. He's going to be carrying Jesus around. And then you're not only going to see me, but you're going to see Our Lady of the Rosary and Our Lady of Sorrows. I thought they were the same lady. I thought they were all Mary, right? It just doesn't make sense. Then, July 13th, 1917. I want you to come on the 13th day of next month and to continue to pray the rosary every day in honor of Our Lady of the Rosary in order to obtain peace for the world. Remember, they're in World War I. And the end of the war, for she alone can help. Where's God? Where's God? Continue to come here every month. In October, I will tell you who I am and what I want, and I will perform a miracle so that everyone may see and believe. Sacrifice yourselves for sinners and say often, especially when you make some sacrifice, Oh, my Jesus, this is for love of you, for the conversion of sinners, and in reparation of the offenses committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. That's crazy. See, one thing you know about Jezebel, about Mystery Babylon, she always draws the attention to herself. You know, it's like a, it's like a, a pretty woman who has, let's say, a really nice figure. When she's going out somewhere, she's going to wear clothing that guarantees that your eyes are going to look at every part of her figure that your eyes have no business looking at. But she's going to make sure you look at it. It's all about look at me. Look at me. That's what harlots do. And harlot churches. And by the way, they're not all Catholic. They're Baptist, Pentecostal, Nazarene, you name it. Look at us. Look at us. Okay? That's how you know you've got a harlot church on your hand. Um, you... Then she shows them a vision of hell. And she said, you saw hell where the souls of poor sinners go. In order to save them, God wishes to establish in the world devotion to my immaculate heart. If people do what I ask, many souls will be saved and there will be peace. If there ever was 
blasphemy against the true gospel of Jesus Christ. It is Fatima. Pure blasphemy. An angel from heaven bringing another gospel. We're almost done now. September 13th. You must pray. This is now Mary. She's appearing before these children. You must pray. Continue to pray the rosary every day in order to obtain the end of the war. In October, our Lord will come and Our Lady of Sorrows and of Mount Carmel and St. Joseph with the child Jesus to bless the world. God is pleased with your sacrifices, but he does not want you to sleep with the rope on. Wear it only during the day regarding miraculous cures, I think. Some I will cure, others not. In October, I shall perform a miracle so that everyone may believe. So now, on October the 13th, I think this is the right one. 70,000 people came from all over the place. Some walked, some drove cars back then. They came in the rain, they stood in the mud. There's pictures of this, photographs of this. And on that day, the accounts tell us that it, it appeared that the sun got brighter and brighter and brighter, zigzagged across the sky, moved in weird fashions all over the place. And then there were other smaller orbs of light moving around. 70,000 people. A newspaper editor and reporter who didn't believe a word of this. Now, this has been going on for months, and, and word has gotten around. And this newspaper reporter traveled to Fatima to, just so he could write the article and say nothing happened. But he was forced to say, uh, I saw stuff, and I can't explain it. There were orbs all in the sky dancing around and all kinds of stuff. Okay, remember what, remember what the lady told Chris Bledsoe? Bledsoe saw orbs all the time. People saw orbs all the time. My son saw an orb, okay, several years ago. October 13th, here's what she said. I am the lady of the rosary. I have come to warn the faithful to amend their lives and ask for pardon for their sins. They must not offend our Lord anymore for he is already too grievously offended by the sins of men. I, stop. Is that our high priest? Is that our advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous? Is that our one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who is so angry at us for sinning that he almost doesn't want to pardon us anymore. So he tells us, okay, I'm going to forgive you now, but you stop sinning. I mean, stop sinning right now. 
We're children. What do you do? What do children do when you tell them don't do something? We have a sin nature in us, people. That's why we have a perfect Savior whose mercy is everlasting. People must say the rosary. Let the, See, there's the rosary again. See, the rosary is all about Mary. And it's about the rose and the thorns. Bearing thorns and briars, you're rejected. People must say the rosary. Let them continue saying it every day. And then, oh, here it is. And I would like a chapel built here in my honor. The war will end soon. Guess what they did? They built a chapel there in her honor. And millions of people go there every single year. Now, there's one last thing that got my attention. As I kept looking at those dates, March 13th, July 13th, September 13th, October 13th, and I thought, hmm, surely that's just a coincidence, right? Well, a film company made a movie and called it The 13th Day. Because Mary kept showing up on the 13th day of the month. Well, here's why that's interesting. In Genesis 13, verse 13, did you know that that verse has 13 words in it? But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. You know what Sodom is a picture of? It's Babylon. Because Sodom went up in a, in a smoke, didn't it? Pillar of smoke. How is Babylon going to be remembered? This huge pillar of smoke ascending up into the heavens because she's burnt up just like Sodom. Mm. Or how about this one? Deuteronomy 13. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign or a wonder and the sign or the wonder come to pass whereof he spake unto thee saying, let us go after other gods which thou hast not known and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams for the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice and ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. And that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt and, and redeemed you out of the house of bondage to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in. So shalt thou put the evil away from the midst of thee. That's in the 13th chapter of Deuteronomy. And it talks about false prophets who lead you to other gods to worship them, like Mary or aliens. Joshua 6. You say, what has that got to do with anything? Remember the city Jericho? Jericho is a type of Babylon. Because in Jeremiah 50 and 51, God said, uh, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. The walls of Babylon are fallen. 
What happened to Jericho? Joshua rose early in the morning and the priests took up the ark of the Lord and seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets and the armed men went before them. But the rear reward came after the ark of the Lord, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And the second day they compassed the city once and returned unto the camp, so they did six days. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priest blew with the trumpets and Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. How many times did they walk around Jericho? One time a day for six days. That's six times. Seven times on the seventh day. That's 13 times. What are they showing? The destruction of mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of birth. The Isaiah 13, the burden of Babylon, which Isaiah the son of Amos did see. Lift you up a banner upon the high mountain, exalt the voice of them unto them, and shake the hand that they may go into the gates of the nobles. I have commanded my sanctified ones. I have also called my mighty ones for mine anger, even them that rejoice in my highness. The noise of a multitude of the mountains, like as of a great people, a tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of nations, gathered together. The Lord of hosts mustereth the host of the battle. They come from a far country, from the end of heaven, even the Lord and the weapons of his indignation to destroy the whole land. Babylon destroyed in Isaiah 13. Babylon destroyed in the form of Jericho, marched around 13 times. Revelation 17. And God wanted this known. I believe he led the translators of the King James Bible to put these words in all capital letters. Not that they sound different when you read them. It's just that you just notice them. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen words here. Upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And what happens to this great city with 13 words in her title? 13 for rebellion, 13 for the men of Sodom being wicked and sinners exceeding before the Lord. Deuteronomy 13, the land of Babylon full of false prophets. I, I could mention um, Acts chapter 13 where Paul dealt with a man by the name of Bar-Jesus, who was a false prophet. Or Revelation 13, where there is a false prophet rising up out of the earth. Okay? What's going to happen to this great city and all of her inhabitants? Why is it that God, uh, the angel said to Lot, Lot, you need to leave, you need to come out? God's going to destroy this city. He didn't say, let's dig a basement so you can survive and stay here. No, we got to leave. Why is it that God tells us, 
Come out from among her, my people, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Why does God say that? In Revelation 18, 21, And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. All throughout history, everything that has had the spirit of Babylon in it, whether it's been some religious movement, some paranormal movement, supernatural movement, um, the Pentecostal uh, Azusa Street revival where they supposedly were uh, the Holy Ghost fell on all those people and they spoke in languages that nobody had any idea what they were saying. That's confusion. That's what Babylon does. She's a spirit of drunkenness and confusion. Whether it's been the various false prophets that we've seen in our lifetime, proven to be drunks, proven to be whoremongers, proven to be charlatans, fakers, ministries, even those of not Pentecostal ministry, ministers being caught in the grossest forms of adultery, fornication, child molestation, liars, phonies, you name it. People walking away from the Word of God what happens to every one of them? God destroys them. Because that's where Babylon is headed. Her spirit finally will be taken away. Cast down into the sea to be remembered no more. So God says to all of us, in whatever area Babylon has reached into our lives, God says to all of us, come out from among them and be ye separate. Come out from her and be not partakers of her sins so that you're not partakers of her judgments. My call to you, whoever you are, in whatever form Babylon is taken in your life, come out of her. And let God purify your soul that you are not destroyed and judged with Babylon. This is Pastor Mike with the reason why we do what we do. We ask for your help. We ask for your prayers. Please keep us in your prayers. This is one of the hardest times I think we've been through in a long time in this ministry. So I'm just asking for you to pray for us that God will show us what he wants us to do, that God will allow us to keep doing what he's called us to do. Because you're the reason why we do it. Lord bless you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.